on a weekend. Saturday would be my family day, would be when I spend time with friends and family. And then Sunday would be a, a work from home day. I wasn't getting paid for evening work, but that's just the way teachers work. And they're mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice their own personal time to do that. So what excites me and what makes me passionate about reducing teacher workload is that ChatGPT and other AI systems can start to pick up some of that workload that gives us our personal time back. So planning, if anyone has ever sat down in front of it and asked it to plan a lesson, it can do it and it can do it in about 20 seconds. So it can plan a lesson that might take you an hour to plan in about 20 seconds. It can then create the content to go in that lesson and it can then create the assignments for your students. Welcome to the Teacher Girls Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry, and I'm so excited to collaborate with Teacher Girls to bring you a weekly show that equips educators with best practices and actionable strategies to achieve success in the classroom and foster a more connected and empowered school community. Here, we learn by engaging in honest discussions with innovative teachers, administrators, and educational leaders. Are you ready to achieve your teacher goals? Of course you are, so you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to episode 39 of the Teacher Girls Podcast. This is your host, Erica Terry. And if you are like me, a tech geek, then get ready to geek out because today we are talking about AI in the classroom. And it is such a great conversation. We have with us none other than Dan Fitzpatrick, the author of AI in the Classroom. We ended up doing this interview as a lunch and learn and it was was so good. We had such a great conversation about different strategies that you can use in order to begin saving time and being more productive by using AI to transform your classroom, to transform how you show up. So get ready because we are going to be talking about the future of education, AI in the classroom. And if you haven't already done so, then I highly recommend that you grab the brand new best-selling book, AI in the Classroom. You're going to hear us talking about it, uh, but it is a monster of a book, y'all, and it is so good. I'm talking about like over 300 pages, and he gives us everything that we need in order to begin using AI in the Classroom. I'm talking about chat GPT prompts for lesson plans, uh, grading and feedback. Like It is so much good stuff in that book. So you can get a copy by going to teachergoals.com slash AI dash book. And you will find all of the information about the book as well as how to order it there. And speaking of finding information, that is why you're here right now because you want to learn how you can incorporate AI into your classroom. And so without further ado, we're about to geek out with none other than Dan Fitzpatrick. Let's do it. Dan, how are you? Erica, thanks for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I feel like there's a, there's there's so much energy going on that uh, I need to up my game here. Um, yes, I'm yeah. like, maybe lunch and learn <laughs> is the route that we need to take. Yes. It's great. I mean, it's, it's dinner and learn where I am, so it's six <laughs> o'clock in the evening, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, so tell us, where are you? 
Uh, well, I'm in the spare room in my house, uh, which is in Newcastle in the, the northeast of England. So if anyone's if anyone's listening from the UK, I can see Adam Dwight just commented there. They're cool. He's from the UK. Any, if you, anyone else is joining from the UK, it'd be great to hear from you. Uh, yeah, New, Newcastle. Um, I know we were just talking before we went live and you'd never heard of Newcastle, Erica, which... <laughs> Which which disappoints me deeply. If I'm which means I'm be I need honest. to put some stamps on my passport, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you welcome welcome anytime. Yes, and so we know you're from Newcastle, but we want to hear your story. So, kind of just tell us uh, how did you get to the place you are now, where you just release this best selling like thousand page so much information about ai in the classroom book tell us your story yeah um it's yeah it's been it's a crazy journey uh so I, i'm a teacher i was a i taught uh for a number of years in the north of england so originally i, I trained to be a teacher in manchester and then moved home up to the the northeast of england so I, I taught secondary school students so in the uk secondary school is 11 years old to 16 to 8 to 18 years old so uh and i originally I, I i originally um trained as an re teacher uh which is a religious education teacher so that's what i trained as and then i went on to teach all sorts of things so i i, I was in the senior leadership team of, of a secondary school in a place called county durham and um, i'm not sure what it's like in the states but in over here if you're in the senior leadership team you literally just plug gaps wherever there's a gap in 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 the timetable so i was teaching geography i was teaching business studies and uh, by the time i left there i was my main subject was was business studies randomly um then i kind of i've i've always been ever since i trained to be a teacher i've always been into technology so how can technology kind of boost what what we're doing in education and i remember when i was training to be a teacher we we had this session so we used to do sessions every friday and uh, someone give someone give a session on google for education mm-hmm. and i remember just thinking because at that point nobody had ever mentioned that there was educational technology now in my previous career before i was a teacher i'd use technology all the time and I, I didn't realize there was a whole kind of industry of educational technology until someone said oh google for education so then i went away and kind of thought this this could revolutionize what we're what we're doing in the school in terms of uh, cloud technology mobile technology um allowing the students to learn from anywhere anytime all all of those benefits and myself and a, and a and a co-teacher decided to kind of start start evangelizing really around the school about this technology we'd put on breakfast morning breakfast sessions get get teachers in early tell them about this technology and that's where my love for ed tech kind of came from really and just seeing how much it could it could um revolutionize the classroom and and teachers experience uh in the classroom as well as the students obviously so yeah so i i've worked in ed tech kind of alongside what I've been doing as a teacher for a while and then I decided once I, I when I was a teacher I, my ambition was to be get to, was to become a leader in the in the school because I wanted mm-hmm. to because I'd always try I'd always change things from like the grassroots like like I've just said like putting on breakfast mornings and trying to change the culture of the school and I thought well I could do a lot more when I if I if I'm in the leadership team so when I got to the leadership team though it wasn't all like all, all that I thought it was going to be, but after a few months, I was like, "Yeah, maybe this isn't for me." So I, um, so I decided I wanted to work full time in educational technology. So um, I, w- I moved over to 
to further education. So in the UK, we have further, uh, further education, uh, which is kind of just primarily focused on 16 to 18 year olds. And it's, it, it's very vocational um, style learning. So I worked for a college in the northeast of England, an FA college. Uh, where we had about a thousand members of staff, twelve thousand students, and my job was to lead the digital strategy for for that um, group of colleges. So we had seven campuses, all the way from uh, the Scottish border, uh, this border was England and Scotland, all the way down to a place called Middlesbrough. Which, if you've never heard of Newcastle, you, you know where you've heard. Of um, so. But yeah, my job I had about a team of team of twenty people um, doing tech training and and also all sorts in there and, and leading the digital strategy, and then kind of as part of that. So my two big passions within education over the last few years have been kind of immersive technology, so VR, AR, and I got to do a lot of that in my previous job. The college mm-hmm. invested so much in um, immersive rooms and immersive technology, and also artificial intelligence. And then kind of obviously everything that's happened in the last few months, artificial intelligence has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger with good in the news and with uh, OpenAI's chat GPT. And it just gave me the opportunity to delve down that rabbit hole even more so than I was doing. And and immediately, I think when I first started playing with it, I knew because I because of my experience that there was there was going to be benefits here for teachers first and mm-hmm. foremost. So and, and my experience always tells me lean in if you lean into the technology, you can always find advantages. Mm-hmm. And it, at the time, there was some like kind of there was some scare pieces out there right around this technology, uh, especially when it came to education. And it's the and we're still hearing it today, like the plagiarism row that the other students can just get this to cop to do their homework seems to be the biggest kind of scare tactic around this. So I immediately just started posted online about ways that this could be utilized. Um, and kind of yeah so which wasn't all that different to what i was doing anyway um and then obviously there's people are realizing just how much this technology is going to disrupt or is disrupting industry sectors around the world and then obviously also education so um yeah so i'm quite lucky so i've i've now worked for myself full-time and he wrote this book with uh, Amanda Fox and Brad Weinstein at Teacher Goals. And so I get to talk about AI on a day-to-day basis, which is pretty cool. It is. And that is what we are here to talk about today because you said, you know, when you first heard about Google for Education, you thought revolutionize AI is going to disrupt, revolutionize. I think it's just going to really change the landscape of uh, education and being an educator um, as we know it right now. So definitely want to dive into the conversation. Um, and let's just start off with kind of defining for someone who, you know, maybe like, what is this AI thing that they're talking about? Let's kind of define like, what is this AI and how can a teacher, like how can a teacher use it in education? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of it's the first few chapters of the book, really. So the the first chapter we go into uh, what what is artificial intelligence? Where does it come from? Because it hasn't just kind of it didn't just pop up overnight back in November when when ChatGPT was released. Right. So the kind of the term artificial intelligence goes back to the to the 50s. Um, and um, and, he, and the kind of concept of it goes back even further than that. So I, I, when people start building computers, they they suddenly start realizing that if the computer can can do um certain 
certain things for us, like can calculate certain things, can work things out, then there's there almost as a logical conclusion there. If you if it gets more advanced and more advanced and more advanced, then the the technology, the com- the computer will be able to do more and more for us and more and more. And so early 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 um, people who were working in this, so someone like Alan Turing, who who figured out the Enigma code from the Nazis during the Second World War. He kind of started started exploring the idea that computers might one day be able to do pretty much everything for us, be able to think and be able to. And he came up with something called the Turing test, where he said, "Well, this is the test that we'd be able to perform with a with a machine to see whether it can think for itself or not." And there's a lot of debate around that um, whether the Turing test is still relevant, whether ChatGPT passes the Turing test. Essentially, in a, in a nutshell, what it is is if a human being is having a conversation with a machine but thinks it's a human, will it work out it's a, if it's a machine or will it still just think it's a human um, based on the conversation with it? Now, many people uh, who are listening to this now might say, well, ChatGPT probably can do that because I don't know if you've ever played with ChatGPT and you, if if someone just told you, you actually you're on WhatsApp, for example, and you're chatting to another human and you, you're actually chatting to, to ChatGPT, you might actually think that you're talking to another human for quite a while. In fact, maybe indefinitely. So there's a lot of people think that it's already passed the Turing test. There's some people for, for various other reasons think that it actually hasn't just yet. Um, artificial intelligence, people kind of explore these concepts in sci-fi quite a bit um, because of because of these early experiments and early thoughts. And then and then worked on it as well. I mean, we've had we I mean we had was it in ninety seven that uh, Deep Blue the the AI beat Gary Kasparov, uh, the 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 grandmaster of chess um, at chess. So actually, if you go back to 1997, which is what 26 years ago, mm-hmm. then then we we've got kind of AI doing something quite extraordinary all the way back then. But it, I suppose like like everything, technology progresses when our ability to to store information gets gets better and better and better so being able to store large amounts of information within a smaller space and that kind of happened probably about 10 years ago the the kind of what we've what we've got today kind of took off um, and started so um, being able to, to be able to analyze large data sets really this is getting really technical um and then <laughs> so but uh, hopefully it's given given people an insight into where this has come from and it's been developing for many 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 decades and we get to a point where we get to a point where ai is actually integrated into a lot of the tools and technology we already use but we don't really we don't really know yeah. So, for example, if I pick up my phone, there's AI in the camera within within pretty much every every aspect of 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 this phone. I've got a Google Home Hub sat next to me. I probably shouldn't have said that because it'll be listening, um, and it'll switch on. But uh, it it's got AI built into it. Um, my my uh, car's got AI built into it. The computer in front of me's got AI. So we we're in a we're at a stage where AI is being integrated and has been integrated into a lot of what we're doing, but. In the last few years, it's kind of taken a leap. So with language models, so there's different types of AI, but language models have kind of come to the fore, and that's what ChatGPT is. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially a large database um, of of pretty much all information uh, that, that well, if we take ChatGPT, that OpenAI trained it on. And ChatGPT 3.5 was trained on, I think it was about 300 billion bits words worth of information. Um, and then... What what that means is that it can analyze how we how we communicate as humans and start to replicate um, and simulate human language, 
and do that on a massive language, uh, massive knowledge base. So that's where we start to go. As teachers, we go, this kid has got a massive knowledge base. It can communicate to us. So that's when I think when we start going, oh, well, think of what it can do. It can create this for us. It can can mark this bit of work for us. It can do it can do so much. It can give us ideas. Um, and that's when we start going, wow, why we could utilize this right now and start saving right. us time in pretty much every industry in the world has, has been on that journey, not just education over the last few months and on how this can can kind of do some of the doing for us um, and the potential that, that it will allow us to step back and, and actually be more creative, be do more of the thinking and that we've actually got a tool now that doesn't just automate machinery, but can automate language and communication, which is a massive leap in, in our history and opens the door to, to so much potential with AI. And, and from what we hear that that potential is, is, just starting to be realized because there's so much more coming down the line. Wow. And so we have James who um, he has said that AI is reducing workload and raising standards at his college, exciting times for teachers. And it is. And so can you give us like some examples of how a teacher can use AI to reduce workload or uh, raise the standards. I heard you, you know, kind of slip in. Well, I've read part of the book, so I know, you know, <laughs> feedback and all of that, um, grading. So kind of just give us a brief overview and then we're going to dive more into the specifics. Yeah. So it, it's got the, it, it can do a lot. So like you said, in the book, we, we go through loads and loads of examples. And I, and I really think this use case of helping teachers with their workload is a real, really great entry point for mm-hmm. teachers, because I don't know. Um, and I know there's people from all over the world here, but in the, in the UK, um, the teaching profession is really kind of, is it a place at the moment where there's a lot of tension? There's a, there's teachers going on strike because they're, because they're not getting paid enough um, the, and workload is, is crazy. So we're, I think the fact that AI can start to pick up some of that workload is a huge incentive to start jumping into AI and, and, and using it. And like you say, I think there are some very simple kind of use cases that teachers can start using today to start getting benefits. So for example, creating resources, marking and planning, three big things, which in the 2019, there was a survey done. It was of UK teachers, but I'm sure this is the case across the world. They The survey said that teachers spend just as much time doing those three things. So planning, marking, work, and creating content as they do in front of students teaching. Now, when I was a teacher just a couple of years ago, most of my day was in front of students teaching. So you get to a point where you think, well, when do you do the rest of the work if it's going to take just as much time? And, and we know as teachers that teachers do it on an evening, do it on a weekend. Like for myself, uh, Sunday would always be a work day. So, so Saturday on a weekend, Saturday would be my family day, would be when I spend time with, with friends and family. And then Sunday would be a, a work from home day. I wasn't getting paid for that. I wasn't getting paid for evening work, but that's just the way teachers work and they're mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice their own personal time to do that. So what excites me and what ma- and what makes me passionate about reducing teacher workload is that ChatGPT and other AI systems can start to pick up some of that workload that gives us our personal time back. So planning, if anyone has ever sat down in front of it and asked it to plan a lesson, it can do it and it can do it in about 
20 seconds. So it can plan a lesson that might take you an hour to plan in about 20 seconds. It can then create the content to go in that lesson. And they can then create the assignments for your students. You want, you're going to want to check this. Obviously, you're going to want to look over it, make sure it's accurate. And as the, and, and, and please, I'm going to be given, I'll give some examples over, over the, 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 the time of this podcast, but always know that I'm, I'm a proponent for the human in this as well. Um, and I, and I might not say that for a while, but don't think that I'm just saying, right, let's replace teachers. The, the human, um, the, the human teacher in this process is vital. So you, we need to be critically thinking. We need to, just like we would any resource, really, if we were to pick up a textbook and go, right, how can I use this in my lesson? Then we're going to want to read it. We're going to want to check it over. If we're going to pick a YouTube video and use it in our lesson or in our class, we're going to want to watch it first. Always make sure you watch YouTube videos first. I've had, I had one very interesting experience uh, where I showed my cl- one of my classes a YouTube video without checking it first. Um, but I'll not go into that. That was uh, <laughs> that was an interesting one. So um, yeah, so uh, you're going to want to check it and 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 make sure it's suitable. And also, you know the students in front of you. Like no one lesson can ever be the same. You might have a, a generic lesson plan that you that you use for different groups of students. But as a good teacher, you adapt it, don't you? You differentiate it. You you make it personal to the students who are in front of you uh, because you know the students in front of you. And nothing's going to change that. The teacher is still there to get to know the students and to do the thinking. I think this it's, it's almost like my mantra at the moment that we do the thinking and let AI do the doing for us. So being able to create those in fact there's a chat i think there's a chapter in here called that is it bad that i said i think there's a chapter called that Uh, yeah chapter three outsource your doing not not your thinking there we go so um yeah so it's it's uh we can start you and and just that example i give about planning a lesson creating the content getting it to create an assignment i don't know about you i don't know if i was a slow worker or not but that could take me a full day to do that um, and I can I can do it and get it generated essentially in about maybe ten minutes using using a tool like ChatGPT. Then I'm going to want to spend a bit of time maybe tweaking it, making it right for the students in front of me. But I could possibly do a full day's work planning in half an hour, forty five minutes. Now that's a lot of people. When I first started posting this type of thing on Twitter, uh, one person in, in fact accused me of clickbait on Twitter by. And I and I replied to it, it's only clickbait if you don't deliver. If you if you say you're going to deliver on something and then don't deliver on it, that's clickbait. If you do deliver on it, it's not clickbait. It's it's something that we, we as teachers we want to know about it, especially if it's going to reduce our time. And I think I think that's the thing with this. And and I'm not a salesperson whatsoever, but this is the for want of a better phrase, this is the easiest thing I've ever had to sell in my life. Uh, when I when I when I do, I'm a, in a privileged position where I get to speak to teachers on a daily basis. And when I when I pull up my screen and I show them examples of what they can do, how they can do it, um, you just see jaws hitting the hitting the floor really in terms of people realizing this how much time it's going to save them. Um, but I think that's a it's a good. I mean. It's a good entry point, using it to save time. Um, and I don't want to minimise that because it's so vital. Um, we've got teachers who are leaving the profession in droves here in the UK. Teacher retention is 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 crazy, and we've we haven't got enough teachers coming into the system, right. all all because I think a large a large a large portion of that is is due to teacher workload. So the fact that we've got a tool that can reduce teacher workload. Um, 
and can do it quite effectively if you know how to use it. Now, a lot of teachers um, or a lot of people might might try it and go, well, the answer's a bit vague. It's not giving me the answers I want. This It's not as good as, as maybe people are saying, so I'll, I'll leave it. You need to go deeper with it. You need to, you need, and, and another thing that I say quite a bit in the book is the, the quality of the output is very much determined on the quality of the input. So you need to get good at, at asking the right questions, at framing the question in a certain way. And in the book, uh, we go through a whole process, and I'm just going to check which chapter it is again. So if you've got the book, uh, chapter six, uh, World of Prompt Craft. So we call it Prompt Craft, but the ability to craft a good prompt for AI. Um, and we've, we've, we have uh, frameworks, and that's the prep framework, the edit framework that, that allows you as a teacher to really frame what you your request for what you want out of the AI, whether it be content marking and assignments, whether it be planning, to really frame it in a way where you've got the best chances of getting the best output from the AI. And and it takes it takes a lot of tweaking and we've got the edit, the edit framework as well, which will help you um critically analyze the results and, and tweak it and go back. And because if anyone's ever used this, which I'm sure you have, it's a chat bot at the end of the day. So um a lot when I do training with teachers i always say it's not designed for you to just make a request and get a response and then that's it it's a chatbot designed for a discourse it's designed to go back and forth with the ai so if you're not getting what you need first time and very rarely does that happen in fact i don't think i've ever gotten exactly what i need from ai on the first question um you need to go back and forth you need to train it you need to need to ask it but when you get there when you get something that's that's usable you can then repeat that formula you can repeat your requests that's when the workload starts to starts to lift yes and so you talked about um in the book you share like different frameworks so some of the the big three time sucks that you have talked about are grading. Um, teachers can use it for grading and feedback. They can use it for lesson planning and they can use it for creating resources. And so um, let's just go a little bit deeper into one of those categories, like share um, a specific example. I know the book, I mean, guys, it outlines the frameworks. It has screenshots. It basically walks you through um, exactly what to say, what prompts to use in order to make uh, chat GPT work in your classroom, work for you to do these big items. And so let's kind of just give them a sneak peek um, and dive a little bit deeper into one of those examples, one of those big three. Yeah, let's do it. I'm just I'm just flicking through. So there's a whole there's a whole chapter here, um, which is chapter seven, where where I essentially go out give I think it's over forty different frameworks that you can use to get different yeah. different results. So there's you can use it to create a design thinking lesson. Um, you can get it to create things like differentiate tasks. You can create your own teaching coach. Get it to create student debates. Um, let's pick the. Which one? Are, and then you know, one? even um, just to jump in, there's another page that has like 18 quick prompts. And I mean, guys, it's everything from 
planning the itinerary to a student trip, how to handle a difficult phone call with parents, um, ideas about how to gamify a lesson. Like, I mean, it's just so many ways that you can use this tool. It's mine. Like, it it blows my mind, like, completely. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> And to be honest, the only thing that stopped me writing these prompts was was time. I could we could have just there's so many different ways you could you could we could do a full book on just prompts. But I the idea I suppose isn't for me to give you all the prompts that you need. If the idea is for you to think, what do you need, and you use these frameworks to then craft your own prompts. And these are kind of just just prompts to get you started really so one that i really like is um and i'm a, bit, I'm a big fan of design thinking um and we've created um i don't know if you can see that there. so we've created a, f- a full um a full prompt on how to get chat gpt to create a design thinking lesson for you wait a minute did he just say that you could use chat gpt to create a design thinking lesson like is he really about to give us the prompts that we can use to create an entire lesson plan yes yes he is but you're gonna have to wait until next week in order to get it from him because we'll be back with part two of this episode of the teacher goals podcast where we are talking about how you can use ai in the classroom and so during this week what i want you to do is number one make sure you order a copy of ai in the classroom by going to teachergoals.com slash ai dash book and number two i want you to jump on chat gpt and give it a try try out some of the prompts that dan has already already shared with you and see how you can use it in order to uh, create lesson plans or you know do grading and give student feedback it's so much that you can do with this AI tool and once you've done it I want to hear all about it so make sure that you create a post and tag teacher goals Or you can create a post showing how you're using AI in the classroom and tag me directly at Erica and Terry underscore on Instagram. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm super excited to see how you're going to be using AI in the classroom. I cannot wait to see those posts start coming through. And make sure that you join us back next week because we're going to continue this conversation with Dan. And he's going to break down exactly how you can plan design thinking lessons plus a whole lot more with ChatGPT. So I will see you next week. Teacher Goals and Teacher Heart Out is sponsoring a 2023 Bahamas cruise open to all educators. Guests such as spouses, family, and friends are also welcome to attend. There is an amazing lineup of speakers, and you can book your PD at sea now by putting down a $200 deposit. Attend the Sail Away Party Thursday, July 6th in Port Canaveral at 6 p.m. in preparation for Cruising Friday. You will return Monday, July 10th at 8 a.m. Scan the QR code now to sign up. You don't want to miss it.